Hello, and welcome to the Health and Science Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Elaine Barreto, a scientist turned health coach. Here, we explore the intersection between lifestyle, psychology, and mind-body medicine to improve your relationship with your thoughts and emotions, with your body, with food, with pain, and with other people. I'll bring you the latest scientific discoveries and provide practical tools to empower you to take care of your own health. If you suffer from chronic pain, gut issues, disordered eating, or other chronic conditions, or if you just want to optimize your health and well-being to live a long and fulfilling life, you're at the right place. Let's dive in. Hello, friends. Welcome to the second episode of the Health and Science Podcast. Here is Dr. Elaine Barreto. I hope you've been well. And we're going to continue a little bit the discussion on the topic of chronic pain for a bit from a different perspective, from the perspective of the mind. But first of all, I would like to invite you, if you haven't yet, to visit my website, which is www.mindbodyfoodpain.com. I have made a huge upgrade on the website, included a lot of information about my programs. There is a blog with interesting articles in mental health, nutrition, gut health, chronic pain. And at the moment, there is a free guide that you can download uh, with seven facts about chronic back pain that you might not know. So if you suffer from chronic back pain or you know someone that does, please go and check it out and let me know what you think about it. Okay. So today we're going to be talking about chronic pain from the perspective of the mind, which is one of my favorite topics. So we're going to be talking about psychological constructs that can act as protective factors for chronic pain, not only for chronic pain, but for chronic conditions in general. And they might also just enhance your well-being and health in general. So stay tuned. And the first psychological construct that I want to talk about is the concept of self-efficacy. So uh, every new episode now we're going to be addressing one of those psychological constructs because they, they are so important in the context of health and well-being and chronic pain that I think it's worth dedicating a little bit of time for each one of them. And today I will start with one of the most important ones, which is self-efficacy. So if you haven't heard this term before, Self-efficacy is defined as the confidence that one has in their own abilities to put together and to perform actions to accomplish a particular task, right? So how confident do you feel that you can perform a certain task or deal with a certain situation is what we call your self-efficacy. How do you feel? Do you have the right tools? Do you have the right knowledge? Do you have the strength and, and physical conditions that take to do a certain thing? It can be applied in many different areas. When we are talking about pain, self-efficacy in the context of pain has to do with uh, your overall confidence in your ability to deal with the symptoms, with the stresses that come with the pain or with the limitations that come from it as well. Right? So it's like, how do you feel? Do you feel prepared to deal with the next flare-up? when it comes to you, how do you feel about it, right? Are you already nervous about it? Do you feel 
I don't know how, what I'm going to do. It's going to take over my life again. How am I going to do this? Or do you feel, hey, I've done this many times now. And even though it's unpleasant and I don't like it, I always manage to come out the other side. So it's really a lot to do with this. And we're going to be diving in a little bit more on what we can do to increase our self-efficacy and how important it is uh, in order to heal from chronic pain. If you are a health practitioner or a coach, I would recommend if you're dealing with someone that is suffering from chronic pain, that the very first thing that you do is to assess the person's self-efficacy. How do they feel? Uh, how confident do they feel in dealing with the situation that they're going through? And where do they feel they are lacking the skills to deal with this? Right. So there are several questionnaires that have been developed to assess self-efficacy. I will be linking some in the episode notes. And the type of question we're going to be assessing is, are you still able to enjoy things despite the pain? Or can you do most of your daily tasks? For example, cleaning up the house, taking care of the kids, carrying your backpack to school, doing your sports. Are you still able to socialize with your friends, with your loved ones, despite the pain? Can you cope with your pain in most of the situations? And can you still do any form of work? Uh, or can you still do your hobbies, the activities that bring you pleasure? Can you cope with your pain without any medication? And can you still accomplish the goals that you have in life? despite your pain? Can you still live like a normal lifestyle? Um, and importantly is, can you gradually become more active despite the pain? Many people stop exercising or moving or doing things that bring them pleasure, or even doing the normal things they have to do around the house um, or with the kids because of the pain, right? And when the pain is chronic, we've talked a little bit about this in the first episode, um, it means that it will come and go, it's gonna be there for a while, right? Or it's been there for a while, and it doesn't necessarily mean that when you're moving, you're making it worse, or that your condition requires you to stay still. In most cases, actually, you're doing more harm than good when you do that, because motion is lotion. If you download my guide, you're going to read a little bit about that. So our self-efficacy, when we have a high self-efficacy, we're still able to do most of those things, maybe not with the same quality we do when we don't have pain or when we don't have a, a certain chronic condition that is preventing us, right? But we can still try and go ahead and do a few of them the best we can and a person that has a high self-efficacy will feel more capable of trying to do more things, right? So it's important to assess from the beginning if you're a professional or if you're the person that is listening to me right now and you're the one suffering from pain, you can ask yourself those questions, right? How are you dealing with all of this? Is the pain stopping you from living your life? I know that pain is unpleasant, but it will be there whether you do the things or not, whether you move or not, whether you try to do other things, have some fun, um, take care of your activities, make your plans or not, 
right? So what we have to slowly do, and it's much easier to do this with support of someone that understands uh, this concept and that is prepared and ready to help you through this, and I'm one of them. It's much easier if you have the support of someone like this because we can gently nudge you, bring your techniques and tools so that you don't feel overwhelmed to have to deal with all of this on your own, right? But the goal in the pain therapy is to slowly increase your self-efficacy, your confidence on being able to deal with the pain flare-ups. Many studies have demonstrated that people that have a higher self-efficacy present less intensity of pain. So when we are talking about using this strategy to help you heal from pain, we are talking about a real possibility of reducing your experience of pain by increasing your self-efficacy. So how do we go about this? Right now, if you don't have anyone that you can call to help you with this, right? You, you don't have the resources to ask for help. I'll give you now some practical tools and tips on what you can do right now in your life, whether you have chronic pain or not, to increase this self-efficacy so that you feel more capable with, to deal with any challenges that come in your life. This is a great skill to have, okay? So number one is exposure therapy. What does that mean? Expose ourselves gently and slowly in small steps to things that challenge us, that make us feel uncomfortable, that are out of our comfort zone. So let's say there is an activity that you really don't like doing. Let's say all your friends go dancing and you're like, I hate dancing. I don't find any fun with it. My body moves weird. I always embarrass myself. I don't feel comfortable at all. I, you know, you've always put this obstacle there and you just haven't tried it anymore in so many years. It, it's an example. You'll find something, an activity that uh, you've been avoiding for a long time because you think you can't do it or you won't do it, right? So let's take this example of the dancing. So what you would do in this situation to start slowly increasing your, your feelings of self-efficacy to feel more confident about yourself is that you would actually finally sign up for one of those dancing classes. And perhaps you wouldn't have to do this all alone. You could find a friend that could come with you or someone that you know. And maybe you would say, look, I'm coming to this as an experiment. I will try it uh, for a few minutes. If I really can't handle, I'm just going to go away. But if I can, I'm going to finish the whole class. And then I'm going to see how I feel about it afterwards, right? And you're going to go there and give your very best despite all the uncomfortable sensations and feelings and emotions that are going to rise to you, you're going to bring some compassion to yourself. You're going to say, hey, I haven't tried this in a long time. I know that this is hard for me, but I am already proud of myself for just being here, for just trying this. And I'll just relax and try to see how it goes. Then you're going to go and do it. And even if it goes horribly or you feel so shy about it or embarrassed or whatever you feel, you're going to finish it. And when you come towards the end, you're going to reflect on your experience. Did it really go as bad as you thought? You finished it. How proud do you feel that you attempted to take this step out of your comfort zone? Now you have more information on whether you really don't like this or if you're willing to give it another shot. So when you do those, take those little steps out of your bubble of safety, right? You're also changing the neural pathways in your brain. You're telling your brain, 
maybe you thought so far that I wasn't capable of doing this. And I've always been telling myself, I can't, I want, I can't, I won't. But look, I've proven to you, dear brain, that I, when I want to, I actually can. And you take little steps like this. Let's say there is a food, a fruit or a vegetable that you really dislike. You haven't eaten it since childhood because you just can't take it. You don't like the smell. You don't like the texture. You don't like the look of it, whatever it is, right? So one day that you're feeling really good about yourself and you're like, hey, I listened to this podcast episode and I'm trying to increase my self-efficacy. Sounds like a great idea to strengthen my brain and my mind towards, you know, hardships and chronic conditions. So I'm going to, I'm an adult. I can deal with this. Come on. It's just the food. It can't do anything to me. I got this, right? So you're going to create this whole experience. You're going to sit there. You're going to start holding this fruit or this vegetable, feel the texture in your hand. You're going to smell it. You're going to bite it or cut it and see how it looks inside. You're going to chew it and you're going to do it very mindfully. And even if you dislike the smell, the the flavor, the texture in your mouth, you're going to swallow it. And then at that point, you can make a decision. Do I want to keep going or do I want to stop? But you have already accomplished the goal, which was to try it again after all this time. And then you're going to take your notes, right? It's like, maybe I still really don't like it. And there was a reason why I never wanted to eat this thing again. Oh my God, this is disgusting. Or you're going to say, actually, it's not as bad as I remembered from my childhood. I could try a little bit more or I could try to cook this differently or mix it with something else you probably know that it takes trying many things uh, until we can actually develop a a taste for it Uh, but the point here is not to get you to like that food that you didn't like is have you go through this discomfort of this experience which is a small exposure to something you don't like to do but you see that you can do it if you put your mind to it right or any other thing you can think about i always wanted to take a walk but i don't do because of that other reason you know you think about something you have been avoiding or postponing something small don't start with a huge goal otherwise you're going to get overwhelmed and frustrated because you couldn't do it start with something small that you know that you're capable of doing that it feels challenging right but if you you decide if you set your mind to it and you try you can actually go and accomplish it so you do that and you start incorporating this in your life, right? Every week, every couple of weeks, maybe you listen to this episode again so that you can re- remind yourself why you're doing it. You can read a little bit about the science. I will be dropping a few references in the episode notes if you're curious about the, the research studies that have been done in this field. So, you know, you keep doing it. I personally in my life am still doing it. Uh, I eat a lot uh, of different foods now, but I was a very picky eater and there will be another episode talking a lot about that. And I had to really challenge myself on my 30s already pretty much to say, look, uh, I have to to change this and it feels so hard. I really, my, my body has all these adverse reactions just with the thought of trying that food, but I will do it in small steps. So every time I offer something to my son i also try it myself even if it's a fruit that i decided a long time ago that i don't like and i will keep doing this forever every time i manage to do this i feel so good about myself and i'm also setting the example for the other people in my life to say look she's trying she's doing something 
And um, this is so important. It feels like something small, but it's really huge for rewiring our brain, right? The second thing you can do to increase your feelings of self-efficacy, of feeling capable of doing something, is to use the lessons from the past. I made an Instagram reel about that yesterday. Like sometimes in the past, we've gone through a challenge and we, of course, we managed to overcome it because we are here now, right? But we just brush it off and we forget about it. And when this, a similar challenge or the same one shows up in our lives again, we're like, we totally forget that we already had some way of dealing or coping with it, right? And this applies a lot for the situation of chronic pain. If you're suffering from chronic pain and you're through a flare-up right now and you're really in a lot of pain, you're listening to this, you might remember the previous times that you also had flare-ups, right? Remember a place where you were on a trip or at work or in, in another situation with a friend or whatever it is and how you found actually a strategy that worked pretty well. The, maybe the pain didn't go away. You know, the pain takes its time to come and go, but you found a way to distract yourself from it or do something else, or you, you basically found a solution that served you well at that point. And what really helps to analyze the situations from the past and learn from them is, of course, psychotherapy. When you're doing psychotherapy, you gain this perspective, this new perspectives of things that already happened to you. Maybe you have trauma, and that also helps you to reframe all your understanding and your story that you had around this trauma or this experience that you had in the past, right? And the more you do it, the more you're going to be rewriting your brain towards, you know, absorbing these uh, lessons and experiences and using them again in a situation. We do this a lot in health coaching when we're facing a challenge towards health or implementing new goals. We're always going to draw some lessons. How did you deal with another challenge or a similar challenge in the past? And how can we use that knowledge that we gained that experience to deal with it right now? Right? So if you don't have the opportunity to sit down right now and, and hire someone to do therapy with you, you can still do it by yourself, right? Uh, in a day that you're not feeling pain or that you're feeling good, you can sit down and journal about an experience of the past. You can write down, as you would be writing a book or your own biography, like telling the story, right? Let me tell the story about this thing that happened to me this time. And you just write down. And for some reason, when we're writing down, you know, we activate these other parts of our brain that really allow us to express things that sometimes don't show up as thoughts to us, but they show up on the paper. So this is a way that you can also try and investigate a little bit your own thoughts, your own wisdom, and tap on them the next time you're in need. Because when you're really in the thick of it, in the middle of a, a difficult experience, it's very hard to access this inner wisdom, this knowledge that you gained from the past. But if you prepare it in advance you, and you make plans, we call them if-then plans. So that's the step number three, right? For increasing self-efficacy. Create this if-then plans. If I go uh, in this trip and my pain really gets bad, then I can go to a swimming pool in the hotel or I can bring my um, bag with warm water to put a hot um, water bag on my back or I can 
take more breaks between meetings or I can take a hot shower or, or, or. So you come up with this, or I can take a long walk in the park or I can go and visit this library or this museum that I really wanted to go to and maybe this will take my mind out of the pain or I can go and have this slice of cake in this restaurant I always wanted to go to. So you make a plan. If something like this happens, then this is what I'm going to do. While you're out of the experience, right? Especially when you know that there is something coming. Maybe you have a public talk to give. You have to, to speak somewhere. Maybe you have a new client you're going to meet. Maybe, you know, you're changing countries or changing cities. Whatever it is that we have this uh, whole recession discussion coming up now in the, our current world situation, right? If all these things that I'm imagining would happen then this is how I want to be ready for them. Trying to look always from an optimistic and positive uh, point of view. So that's the, 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 the third thing you can do. And the fourth thing that you can do to increase your self-efficacy is to set achievable goals for yourself, right? Start small. So say, mm, this week I will walk for 10 minutes every day during my lunch break. I'm gonna either take my lunch outside or after I'm done with the lunch, I'm just gonna take a walk around the block. Or you, you, you choose a goal that um, can be measured so that you can really know if you achieved it or not, is what we call the SMART goals, right? Um, you choose when you're gonna do it, how you're gonna do it, how you're gonna know that you've actually accomplished it, you make it achievable. So. Starting with very, of course, it's good to have big goals in life. And this is also going to keep us going, having a purpose, right? But when you're talking about increasing your self-efficacy, you were talking about having this feeling of being able to accomplish things so that we feel more confident towards ourselves. So set small goals every day. I want to cook something different this week. Not every day, but one day this week, I want to prepare a different meal that I never tried before. Or I want to finally call a friend this week that I haven't called in a long time. You know, set a goal for yourself and try and do this every week at least, as often as you can, so that you start feeling, hey, if I actually set achievable goals, I can actually accomplish them most of the time. And I feel really good about this. So those were the few tips, few tips I wanted to give regarding uh, self-efficacy. It's really important in the context of chronic pain, okay? So I hope this was useful to you, even if in a small way for now. And uh, in the next episode, next week, we're going to be talking about resilience, which is also connected to self-efficacy. But there is much more that we can dive in there. So what we are doing now is with this series about chronic pain and the psychological constructs, is we are learning how we can use our own minds to improve our, our experience of the pain and our capabilities of dealing with them, with it. Because there are certain things we can't change. We can't change always the environment around us. We can't always change our current situation regarding family, job, health. We can't change our bodies, but we can work and change on our minds and how we relate to our emotions and to our thoughts. So I will be giving some more explicit techniques using, for example, meditation, mindfulness, 
uh, or some other things that we can tap in to continue strengthening our mind towards uh, difficulties, chronic pain, health conditions, or just feeling better and stronger in general, more capable of dealing with life's ups and downs. Then we're going to be able to enjoy more what are the good stuff that come at us, and we're going to serve better the other not-so-great ones. Okay? I hope you enjoyed this, and stay tuned for the next episodes of the series. For now, take good care of yourself. Bye!